Hello, this is Charles Wiz, Tony Silva, and we're Two Teachers Talking. Um, this is where Tony and I get together and talk about teaching and teaching in Japan and teaching in universities, questions about education, doing things right, doing things wrong, as we always say, more wrong than right. And this is episode 86, where we're going to talk about, I guess, questions we've gotten from students and questions we wish we'd gotten from students. Actually, yeah. Tony, I'd just be happy to get a question. <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. I was, I was, I was, you know, in preparing for this, it was a little bit difficult because, like, well, yeah, any question, <laughs> any question right. would be a good question. Right, and anyone who's taught in Japan completely understands that—the fact that students just will not ask questions. And I don't know if that happens in the United States or not, or in different countries. But you know, ask students just usually don't ask questions. And the worst part is, is that. You'll ask them, does everybody understand any questions? Nobody raises their hand. And then you have to rush off to your next class, and suddenly students are asking you questions, sometimes at least. Yeah. But, well, I, I can half understand it. I was actually one of those students who never asked questions. Hmm. Well, I not, not even after class, never. <laughs> <It's just> like, <laughs> I just left class and I figured it out on my own. Right. But that's we're talking about a certain approach. Um, and Tony, so you'd be in that group of people who never had to be taught how to be an autonomous learner. You're a self-learner. Right. So, so that approach, and it's even made easier now with Google, but mm. I'm talking about, or you're talking about, or you're going to talk about, <laughs> and I'm just going to sit back and, you know, not try not to do too much here and, you know, sink myself. But what about, you know, the students who need to know, mm -hmm. but for some reasons they don't ask. But what we really are talking about today, I think, are um, two areas, right? One is, again, the questions that students have asked that we've enjoyed. And the more challenging but actually funny part, I think, which is questions you know, that we wish they'd ask us. Mm. So I think, Tony, you've talked before in one of the other podcasts about um, the one question <laughs> that um, really made you the first the first the, day the question. hair on the back yeah. of your head yeah. stand up right so just for the sake of reviewing and reminding people why don't you go through that story once more yeah since it's, I it's maybe it's it maybe well. been a couple of years so it's yeah, a good it was, story though it's a good story yeah it was because <laughs> um, we both had the same response to it remember I would have <laughs> I would have answered the same way you did <laughs> yeah anyway. not until today um, <laughs> Right, uh, it, exactly. was my, it was my first day, first day teaching at um, a, a new university. And um, and a pretty good one at that. It's a pretty good one. And, 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 and. So it's a pretty good one. And they're all foreign language majors and a higher level class of, of their cohort group and things. So it's a perfect storm. And of course, I'm used to teaching at <clears throat> lesser institutions. And, um, you know, it's a, it's a first year conversation, communication type class. That's a four skills, actually. Um, and I do my usual, you know, spiel, step down, <laughs> step down spiel, you know, take it easy. Don't intimidate them. Don't scare them on the first day. And this is where which you I, sit which on I the do it, which I do right, anyway. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, give up on that. Right. I mean, <laughs> I've just given up no matter what I do. There's a minimum of one student who's just going to be traumatized by my presence. <laughs> Right, there's nothing oh, you can do. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. And I know that it was uh, it was after years after this incident where, on the first day of class, literally I had, it was a small class, maybe about 15, 18 girls, 
they were all like just gripping their desks and staring at the floor, like maybe like a meter or two in front of their desk. And nothing I could do to shake them from that. They were just like petrified. And it was the end of the week. It was the last class of the week. And as I was tired, I said, listen, girls, I'm going to go for a walk. (laughs) And, uh, you guys, you know, you guys talk amongst yourselves and figure out because we, we, this is we're gonna, not going some, anywhere. Some, something's going to happen here. <laughs> so I'll be back in about ten minutes. Uh, but uh, so that's and, that, and that's kind of what okay. I'm used to. Right? That's what I'm more used to. And so I'm in the class and it's okay. I do my spiel and uh, and go to the class. It's like, hey, are there any questions? And the guy raises his hand right away. You go, yeah, okay, sure. He says, Have you ever regretted becoming a teacher? <laughs> and I says not until this moment. <laughs> right. And so I back to the drawing board for for this one. And it's like okay, gotta read, look, take another big hard look at that syllabus. Right? Isn't it great that it, I mean I understand you know it's like oh god, but yeah, careful what you ask nice, for. Right? It's always nice to undershoot with the mm. syllabus rather than overshoot. Yeah. Yeah, and also be careful what you ask the university. <laughs> you know, sometimes you will get rewarded with what you want. Mm. But were the other students basically at the same level? Uh, maybe not that. Certainly not that level of confidence. But in linguistically, they're all they're yeah they're pretty they're pretty high. They're very um, these particular classes. I've got lots of returnees and um, you know people who finished high school and you know overseas in English speaking countries. So. They're not all. It's a, of course like every class. There's a mix, but uh, these these are very high level classes. Mm. So it's it's a different world. It's a very different yeah. world. Yeah, yeah. But it's nice though. Oh yeah. It's yeah but, of, and it's, but you know, but at the same time, you have to be careful what you ask for. It's so much work. Yeah, but it's yeah. good work. Yes, very. It's it's right. very it's, rewarding. The, very this, enjoyable. Right. That's where the work gets. You know the cost-benefit analysis and the return on investments just great mm. it's so different you know it's so much like what you were talking about you know where no matter what you do you go into class <laughs> i mean just my sheer presence okay f- is putting you know total fear into students right and it's not like you know i'm walking in with you know like blood dripping down from me or anything like that mm. but it's it's amazing when you have that uh situation and you start off saying, okay, any questions? And you get that answer question. That's great. I stopped doing that, actually. Mm. I don't even do much of an introduction anymore. I just write my name on the board. Um, you know, say, hi, my name's Charles Wiz. Here's my first name. That's my last name. Make sure they understand first name, last name. Then please call me Mr. Wiz. And then I just go into the class. I used to do a whole spiel about myself, but I don't do that anymore. Mm. So I'm surprised sometimes. So one of the questions I'll get from students is, oh, where are you from? Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mention that. Okay. Um, but most of the time, I don't even get that anymore. Yeah, I, so, don't, I don't talk much about myself at the beginning either. I, th- I think that's a beginning teacher's thing, isn't it? Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah, I don't, I don't talk about myself so much. I pretty much just focus on, um, you know, um, the class itself and also just a lot of uh, meta-type things about... Um, the interrelatedness of culture and language and how you have to, you know, we're going to be studying English so that it's not just going to be words and phrases and sentences and grammar, but you really have to regroove your brain. And I used a couple of examples of, you know, me, um, if I were to learn Japanese, how I would have to have a basic understanding about some, any number of social constructs here that 
you absolutely need to understand before any kind of communication is possible other than like, you know, where's the men's room? I haven't learned any of those yet. Ah, well. <laughs> <laughs> that explains a lot about Yeah, that. yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, but I mean, it's so, it's so hard to internalize those. That's the really hard part is as long as I have a certain degree of awareness and I'm like, okay, mm. right? You know, mm. don't do this. Um, and that if I, you know, check out a little bit and space out and I go back to that American style of, or English style of communicating, it's just, oh, it's always weird. Mm. But go back to the topic yeah back to the topic yeah like question from the student is uh mm. mr Wiz, what's the topic <laughs> do you think you can get back on topic but yeah questions that i wish students would ask or well, i'm thinking of like it's not really a question but i really appreciate it uh, it was a, qu a response to a question i asked when i said who did the homework and Almost everyone in the class um, raised their hand. And this was at a pretty good school about 50, 20 years ago, I guess, 23 years ago. Huh. And then I said, who didn't do the homework? And one student raised their hand. And I said, why didn't you do the homework? And the student said, because it's stupid. <laughs> <laughs> you could feel the tension in the room from the other students. And I looked at the student and, you know, I said, oh, Really? That's interesting. Please explain to me why it's stupid. And you could just see the shock in the student's face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Like, I'm, I'm truly interested to know oh. why you think it's stupid. Okay. Mm. Fair enough. You made that statement. Fair enough. I'm not going to be defensive. I'm not going to judge. And, of course, it was a coordinated program, so it wasn't even my homework anyhow. Yeah, so right. There's no ego attachment there. But it would be great if students were to say, why what's the value of this what's why should i do this mm. i think I'd, I'd like a lot more why questions mm. and i think it's a really valid question the question i'd really love from students right now and of course if they could ask this they wouldn't have to be in the class but even if it were in japanese and there's discussion to go on and it's a really valid question is why should i even bother learning another language mm. why should i learn english number one i might not use it number two machine translation will probably be just good enough in a few years why should I even do this? Mm. I think that would be a really interesting question. How mm. would you answer that? Other than the usual, you know, understanding cultures and empathy. Well, um, it's, you know, if you're, you're here in a you know, Japan, which is not, 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 the, not in the pro place of prominence that it was in the 80s. Good point. Um, so, um, and, you know, 30 years on, English pretty much has become the second language for any kind of international communication. I mean, in terms for uh, two two pronged, right? One is like for any kind of in a, in a <clears throat> smaller country where you're necessarily doing lots of international business um, or anything, right? It's like culture. It's, it's, English is going to be part of all of that. Um, I'm not as optimistic about uh, machine translation as, as you are. I mean, I would this also... is probably the only time that my <laughs> optimism exceeds anyone else's. <laughs> yeah, and, and I that's going to end up being a topic approach. sometime soon. What my 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 false no, optimism, optimism or my consistent pessimism? My my pessimism, huh? Okay, uh, but, trust um, me, that's it, a topic it, that gets discussed a lot in my household. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and uh, and uh, back to what my my first deal spiel. It's it's like uh, yeah, learning the other language. You've got to learn the other culture too. And there's the, the practical aspect in terms of you, you, you don't know what job you're, you never know when you're going to be sent overseas. You never know when someone's going to come in from another country and you're 
it's going to be do or die time. So, yeah, but you've got to learn another. You got another learn language, and if you look at the world, what unless you've got a specific interest in something, you know, specific European or something like in, in China, um, why wouldn't English be it? Unless you, you know, how, how many eighteen-year-olds can be say with certainty? That, yeah, their entire future is only going to be on these five islands. And I just want to go back to something you said, which is the number of students who are interested in going overseas has been declining in Japan. And you're shocked by the number of students who have no interest in going overseas. Yeah. That, that's um, a quote from you. That's a quote. It is. It is and it's and I want to real. throw that back to you. I want to throw that back to you now. And that's exactly Well, that doesn't the make point. them right. <laughs> that doesn't mean that it's going to work out that way. I mean, no, that's, but it's That's what, the way they feel right now. And that's right. why they might doubt it. But that doesn't. They're not, I don't think, they. I mean, they can pretty um, accurately tell us, tell you what they want, but they're probably not that good at being able to determine what they need. It sounds like some Rolling Stones song, I know. Mm, <laughs> a little, but, little bit of a spin on it. Yeah. And then, okay, that's one, right? That's one. Okay, one is the practical aspect. And then two, I'm going to go back to my... Um, Cardinal Newman liberal education thing where, yeah, it's it's worth it for its own sake. It will help you not only regroove your brain in this other way of thinking with another language, it will also simultaneously make you so much more aware of your own self, your own culture, and your own language. Because it's only by that kind of contrast that you can get a grasp on that. And it's can be one of the one one of the most rewarding aspects of your life, I think. I mean, it's a real path to self knowledge, and it's like, hey, it's here. You already paid I, for it. Then <laughs> take it. I don't want to know about myself. <laughs> I want to live in like, <laughs> and I want to be ignorant. But that's my argument, which is that it's all Latin now. There's really no value it, once machine translation comes about. And again, I don't want to get into whether it's going to happen or not, or you know. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, you're, I understand. That's the you're argument for studying. You're poking the bear stu- now. <laughs> I'm sorry, say that again? He says, you're poking the bear now. Oh, <laughs> uh, okay, well, I don't even want to go down that road. Okay. That's uh Yeah, that's another topic. Bear. Yeah, that just reminds me. You know that the story, the joke about the two hunters in the forest and, uh, you yep. know, they've got... They got their backpacks on and they're hiking away. And all of a sudden, one of them sees a bear rushing towards them from far away and they start running away. And then they throw one of them throws off his backpack, sits down and takes off his hiking boots and unties his hiking boots and starts putting his running shoes on. And his partner's going, what are you doing? What are you doing? The the running shoes aren't going to help you outrun the bear. And the guy says, I don't have to outrun the bear. I just have to outrun you. Right. Right. And so when you talked about poking the bear, I just thought, okay, where are my running shoes? I just have to outrun the other people, which is basically evolution in a nutshell, right? But I understand that. But I, it would be good to have that discussion with the students. It'd be good to say, you know, that, yes, there's a, a, a practice here that you're learning and that you're training your mind. But more and more, I think that that doesn't hold any water for the students. I don't think they can relate to it. Mm. The flip side of that is a question I would really like to get from my students is, why should I listen to you when you tell me that you know what I need versus what I think I need? And there's a lot to unpack in that statement. And I'm trying to move away that I don't mean it to come from an arrogant point of view. 
But it really is true that what I, given what I know now and given what I knew then, that I realized I didn't understand a lot of what my teachers were doing. And it's only now that I could understand what they're doing. And so it'd be great if the students just said, why should I listen to you? Mm. Right? Well, it would certainly keep you on your toes, right? I mean, it, it, and it makes you examine what you do and makes you question why, yourself why you're doing it. Well, that's why we're doing this episode, isn't it? So that we can take a look at our teaching. Mm. Because these some of these are not questions we're going to get. Especially or given the, <laughs> the... Well, I can answer anything, whether or not it's a legitimate answer, it's truthful, it's questionable. But given the sensei-student relationship here, and all the that's involved in that, it's unusual. But that's, I think, part of the whole process of learning, is to say, yeah, why is this valuable? What's the yeah, purpose certainly, here? Yeah, certainly more why questions would make things a lot more interesting. Instead of um, what's on the test. How many days can I be absent? Right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Fortunately, I think somehow students have figured out that that's not a question to ask me. Some of, some, <laughs> some of them have not figured that out. Right. Oh, man. Oh, but... You know, I, you can't blame students on one hand. I mean, I had certain classes in college. I didn't want to really take the GE classes. Mm. But, you know, I figured, you know, I would never have turned to a professor and given away, you know, played my hand like that. Mm. Oh, that's exactly. what I, yes. Yeah. That's what I find really amazing is, you know, when the student says, how many times can I be absent? You want to turn to the kid and said, you realize you just put a target on your back? <laughs> right? You know, it's just you've said, you've told, you've given me such an indication of what you've done so in a certain way, though, that's really good because then you can find out how many students are interested in the answer. Mm. And that tells you something about what the class is going to be like instead of it just being that kind of secret thing. But I think schools are more clear about that now. They've gotten better about policies and things. So, yeah, yeah. So what would be your dream question? Or a funny one. What would what, what's a question you'd like just so that you could have sheer fun in the classroom answering it? Oh, that's a hard one, isn't they're it? They're both hard. They're both hard. Yeah. Um. I imagine I I like I enjoy like the cultural questions, and I suppose my ideal question would be, and I can't again. I'm at a loss for an example, specific example. But um, some aspect of the language that's almost impossible to parse out the difference between the usages of the English word, phrase, or sentence, or expression, or the, and the Japanese expression. So um, I suppose some, something like um, shogunai or shikataganai. Uh, that uh, that's used in in Japanese, and they're like make a question. It's like, well, how do I say that in English? And then be able to explain, like, well, <laughs> you yeah, it, it you could translate it this way, but you use it in a completely different way. And what does that mean in terms of the the cultural structures and and assumptions and values and things? Um, those are the ones that that get me going. I kind of like those because, again, it it forces me to question and think about all those kinds of things just for myself. Um, <clears throat> but I like any 
any kind of um, question that shows that there's some chunking going on, there's uh, that the wheels mm. are turning, right? That um, there's some kind of process, whether it's about specific meaning of a word or its use or appropriateness of a phrase and context where it's not just, you know, what does this mean? What's the word for glass or what's the word for this? Something that shows that they're bridging the, the, the language with other language that they've learned as well as um, bigger linguistic constructs the, the, and cultural patterns and communication patterns and things. And they're trying to, they have the, the framework and they're trying to fit this new bit of information into the framework and not knowing how to do that. That I is really, I think, interesting for me and, and a, you know, fulfilling me to see. It's like, okay, this is a student that's really learning something. Mm. Right. Any question that indicates learning is always a joy. Mm. Right. Especially with the ones that show the student trying to make connections mm. and find those connections. Those are always magical moments, I think. Mm. That's actually those. That's one of those great questions is when somebody says, well, how do I use this? Right. Or how does this connect to something? Those are also really fun to answer because they make you think. Yeah. And I think that brings us back to that whole issue of, I think when somebody says, what's the best part of teaching? And I'd say it's the learning. It's a real selfish point of view, but it's really true is that I have to learn things to teach and I just enjoy that. But, you know, on the other well, hand... It's a, well, it's a double-edged sword, though. So, yes, it's, it's, it's very nice to learn yourself, but it's also a real joy to watch it happen. Oh, it's when the lights go on? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, exactly. I don't know if there's, a, if there's a better feeling in the world, when, mm. especially with the student who's been indicative of being totally unmotivated, right? Or when you and see, when you, you look in the class and there's this kid in the back nodding her head, right? Mm. And it's talking because about because they're something. falling asleep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean that's 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 sweet. That's very nice. Mm. <clears throat> yeah. So okay. So we like the questions where students ask about the connections. How does something relate to? Um, we like why questions. Mm. Um, what are what are questions you absolutely abhor? Other than the how many absence times? How many times can I be absent? Are there any questions, for example, that really make you nuts? Um, the only ones that make me nuts are the ones that ask about something that I just finished explaining. And, and it's, 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 it's interesting because so often you know, other class members will immediately turn around <laughs> and says, he just said that he just explained it. Um, I have over the years learned to stay patient, even in that situation, right? Because we've talked before, it's like where uh, we haven't made it a full topic, but we, we it, it's come up over and over again, like the disconnect. Okay, why 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 aren't they getting it? What where is this? Where is the the disconnect? Okay, you just explain. Okay, you you do you do page thirty five and page thirty six. You write it on a piece of paper. You put it on my desk next week. Are there any questions? What's the homework for next week? Those, <laughs> those, those um, are rough. And, it, and but okay, so and it, a lot of times you are you know validated by the other student responses. But sometimes it's it, it 
it's you get the opposite reaction. It's like everyone else is saying, yeah, yeah, yeah. What's the homework? I say, okay. Obviously, <laughs> I did not do a very good job of, of explaining what I thought was completely clear. So there's something else that's going on. So, okay, I'll, I'll have to explain this a different way. So I dread those either because, you know, the, the, the one kid's so oblivious that, you know, and, and yeah, again, I don't want to make an example. I don't want to lose my temper. But again, depending on the other classmates' reaction, it's like, oh, God. It's like, here, I thought I was making this point totally transparent, totally clear, as simple as possible. And I have all evidence now is that half the class didn't understand what I said. And it's like, okay, what did I do wrong? So I don't like those at all. <laughs> Well, you know, it's off topic, but I think it's it's a it's the it's one of those things that is not talked about, right? Losing your temper. Yep. We, you know, I never have. You know, I'm thinking, Tony. Here's a question for you. How, have you ever heard that come up in a discussion with teachers, where teachers sit down and say, "Hey, you know, how do you deal with you know the fact that you're about to lose your cool and explode on a student because that's so wrong, right?" Hey, that's a good statement. It's so wrong, right? But I'm thinking back to all the times I've been in teachers' rooms and with people. It's and it's never ever ever been discussed at any conference or meeting or group that I've been at about what do you do? Is you know, where's that coming from? What's going on? What happens if you're angry and it's a legitimate reason to be angry? You know, are there legitimate reasons to be angry? And I think it's a fair topic, but I, what I'm going to kind of glam onto with what you said is that that point of when I'm losing my temper, usually it's like, what did I do wrong? I'm really angry with myself for not have done something correct. Right, right, right. There's, a whole, so, there's a whole storm of emotions going on right there. Yeah, and you know, it took me a while um, to understand this also because um, my wife who is a really, really kind, patient person, sometimes when we'd be talking in English and there'd be some kind of miscommunication, I could see that she was upset. And, you know, I'm, I'm kind of used to people being upset with me. It seems to be a norm. I'm not... Easy to recognize, huh? Yeah. It's, oh, <laughs> You've but, seen it enough. <laughs> well, I don't know. Flat learning curve on my part, okay? But yes, I have seen irritation. Rolled eyes, I think. You know, I think I'm surprised that people make eye contact with me now, right? Instead of, you know, I think that's abnormal. You know, having people looking up into their their skulls seems to be the norm when I talk to them. But... <laughs> And she'd get upset and in the beginning of a relationship, and I didn't understand what was going on. And then one day I just stayed calm, and I said, hey, what's going on? And she just says, I get frustrated when I'm trying to explain something, and I get upset with myself that I can't say something clearly. Mm. And I was just like, oh, yeah, that's how I feel as a teacher. So, yeah, but we don't talk too much about that. You know, and what happens if you do get upset? So I think that's another podcast in itself. Yeah, yeah. I, I've jotted it down. Uh, good for you. You're taking notes. You're such a good student. Mm -hmm. Right? That's why I don't have to ask questions. Uh, <laughs> I will Google this now. I will look at this. But, you know, there are times where I think you just kind of wonder, oh, my God. You know, this is just this is above and beyond acceptable behavior. You yeah, know, but like, what do you do with the kid who's like for the fifth time that you finally have said, "Would you please stop texting?" <laughs> I have one place I teach, and I sw I think these kids are 
completely addicted to their phones. It's amazing. But here's the interesting thing. I don't know if this is a correlation. And maybe this is what uh, we should title this, you know, our going off topic episode. Here's an interesting thing. This one school that I teach where students have the highest, I think, uh, level of texting and repeating behaviors that I've asked them to stop also have the highest number of cracked phones I've ever seen. It's an interesting correlation. No, it is. It shows that you know they're dropping. Mm -hmm. I, I think something shows a like, couple of things. Yeah, yeah. The, the fifteen to twenty percent of the students have cracked phones, and that just fascinates me for two reasons. Number one, is there a correlation? There is it indicative, for example, that they're careless. And number two is, what really scares me is it doesn't bother them. <laughs> and then you ask them if they have Apple Care, and you go. You go, yeah. They go, yeah. And you said, you do understand you can get a new phone for like, you know, like only 10,000 yen or something. It's weird. But, you know, is it legit? Right. I'd like my students to say, here's the question I want. This is the preface is, Mr. Wiz, why do you get upset after you've asked me the 10th time to put away my phone or to stop texting on my phone? That'd be fair. You know, but. There I go. I guess you see I'm going negative again. <laughs> There's my ogre. Right. Oh, Mr. Wiz, do you think we should give you more credit for keeping your for being patient with us? Yes, I definitely think you should. Yeah, there's some things. What's interesting is that I want the questions from the kids who seem to have never experienced really the, you know, what is it that Richard Feynman said? the joy of finding things out or the mm. pleasure of finding things out. Mm. I wish those kids would ask, why are you so excited about learning? What do you find learning so fun? But again, that question would be indicative of a propensity towards that idea. I just mm. really would like that. Why, why, why do you find learning so fun? Because I realize that's really true for me, is I enjoy learning new things. I enjoy trying to do new skills. But again, part of it is I don't know what they're like outside in their other classes. Mm -hmm. right? I only mm -hmm. see them one way. So, mm. Okay. Any other questions you'd want people to ask you or students? Mm -hmm. Ah, we should do this. Questions you wish the administration would ask you. <laughs> Ooh. That, would be, that would be a series of... <laughs> yes, yes, yes. That would, that are... We wouldn't be able to do that in an hour. And we wouldn't be able to, I think, do that without invoking a lot of language that would be mm. offensive to people. Mm. That would be a pretty harsh episode, don't you think? Mm. Yeah, I think we actually tried that once or twice and scuttled it because it, yeah, it was just, so uh, negative. I it, was, think. it was just a bitch fest. Yeah, yeah. Just... Think about it. I found it negative. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "No, this is too negative, even for me." Yeah. But... So yeah, all, all you listeners out there, be glad we didn't inflict that on you because yeah, you... <laughs> it would not have been pleasant. We inflicted in ourselves, and I think yeah, we haven't talked about it since then until I just brought it up. Mm -hmm. Okay, so can you think of other kinds of questions that have been either interesting or you still wanted to ask, have students ask you? Um, it's, it's, it's not a specific type. It's just, um, anytime that they ask a question and sometimes, and sometimes the things that are very enjoyable, the things that are, you know, maybe completely unrelated to class. And those are maybe the most interesting when they ask about, about me and my past, um, things along the lines of, but 
more interesting than, you know, why did you come to Japan? Mm. Um, they ask. Uh, they they will sometimes, for example, ask about um, what kind of part time jobs I had when I was a student. Uh, they ask sometimes um, uh, about uh, about what I did in, in in the United States before I came to Japan. Um, <laughs> of course, they ask how old you are. Um, but um, uh, sometimes the questions come to they come out of left field, right? <clears throat> Like, um, when did, you know, when I was a university student, did I know that I was going to be a teacher? Kind of things like that. So those are always kind of fun and interesting. And they might not have anything to do with the language per se, but um, they're asking the question in, in English, and I consider that a great achievement. It's like, okay, they are <laughs> teaching English, and they're actually using it as a language, and not it's not a subject that they're, they're not studying for a test. They're actually... Asking a question because they want to get information. They're doing it in English. Mm, nice. That's 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 a success. And it doesn't matter their level. Correct. Right. Even if they said, "Why, teacher, you are." Yeah, and even if it's a group effort where the three or four of them together are trying to piece together the words and and get them all out into a single question. It's like watching this. This is, this is great. <laughs> look oh, at, look is... at him go. Look at him go. Look at this. This is this is wonderful. All right. Isn't that great? <clears throat> it's really, really, really exciting. And that has absolutely nothing to do with their levels. Mm -hmm. But once mm -hmm. they're just, they start working together and you can see them engaging each other and, you know, trying to help and work out and solve a problem. Yeah, that's a... Great yeah, and again, like, like and, and in this vein, for, for example, at the at this at the at my good school, um, the uh, discussion topic and discussion research, et cetera, et cetera, topic uh, dealt with um, the textbook unit on first impressions, and uh, along with the um, other aspects of all of that um, being discussed. Um, you know, the the ethics of pretending of being somebody that you're not, the idea of modesty and, and being humble. Um, one of the questions involved love at first sight. And uh, in the student discussions and, and some of their questions, really very, very interesting to listen to some, the ways people interpreted it. And again, one of those very interesting um linguistic concepts around this word love as we know it in English in you know, Charles you and I in our American culture and the way that it's the word is appropriated uh, to Japanese language um, and how these students who are fairly advanced English learners um, some of them d different levels and others in different you know areas of, of strengths and so forth and so on hearing them discuss the concept love at first sight and then kind of butting up in, into the definition of this word love right which is hard enough for us in you know native speakers <laughs> like what you know what is love it's like oh christ i don't know um but to hear them struggle with it in english and then they have them like asking questions that reflected their same kind of getting stuck in the same spots that I do, right? Where, you know, you're 
back once upon a time you know, you go out and, and you you meet somebody and by the end of the night the girl's telling that she loves you right so, you know well do you remember my See, name that's a feeling that's a feeling do I you know. remember that's, my name that's not an experience i have <laughs> do you remember oh yeah right <laughs> so do you remember my name i love you okay well i don't think you know what that means <laughs> i'm sorry but um or it should be that I don't think I know what you mean by that. We both, <laughs> yeah, we're both exactly we're both at a loss now. And so, yeah, there's that that one little example, but there's so many other words and other ideas that are like that. And uh, one of the things that really frustrates me, I realize that I still have not been able to effectively communicate or to teach the difference in the usage of the word selfish, the English word selfish. Um, and I've been unable to teach or explain effectively the, the, the cultural nuance and the difference of what it means when we say it, when you and I would use the word or when they use it here. Because the the, the students in, you know, whether you're working with a, a a dictionary translation or a, a cultural construct. So grossly overuse the word for um, behaviors that you or I would never use the word for, right? We might use the word inconsiderate. Um, and we might use the word obtuse. Um, but and applying the word for, for, for example, in, the, in, in another topic in, in this uh, same class, again, high-level students. A woman who in the, says um, she's dating a guy. He wants to get married. She never wants to get married. And inevitably, half the class thinks that she's being selfish. And no matter how hard I try to explain <laughs> that, that's probably not the word you want to use. Never sticks like Teflon. Right. <laughs> it just doesn't doesn't well, make it. Doesn't make it. Well, it's so much involved in trying to get them to understand. You have to explain. Sure. Well, first off, when your behavior is measured in a social context and your identity is based on how other people are viewing you and seeing you, then, of course, it is selfish because you, that's based on their viewpoint. They're projecting onto you. But when you're independent, right, so you can go ahead and try to do that. In right. I've been trying. I've been trying. I know. With I no know. success. I, I know. I'm not going to give I, up. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to give up. I yeah there's but it's a good thing to do is but you can be used in a positive way and I've done this sometimes where I'll go into class and I say when you don't do your homework when you don't come prepared to class that's selfish of you I kind kind of use it in their understanding because I say I can't do my job it's selfish of you and sometimes they actually get that oh and and, and actually uh, to to augment that argument a little bit not to turn it away from the teacher but like you're being no, we would never you're do being, that. Would you're we being selfish. Yeah, right. away from the teacher. Being selfish because you're you're hurting the other students. Right. Okay. Turn it on the group. Right. It's like, yeah, you you're not pulling your weight. You you're with the other everybody else, and they're doing this. You haven't done this, um, and you're relying on them to to do anything for you. That's really selfish of you. And then and another another really good one is rude. Right. Because you know <laughs> you and me. <laughs> manners being rude this this is not this is not a <laughs> not an impediment for us we we just you know bull ourselves right through the, the the china shop but 
the uh, notion of politeness and, and being and being rude in Japan is so much closer to the ideas of right and wrong. Um, it's much more it's close connected with ethics and morality, uh, being polite and being rude. Um, that for I haven't done this for a long time, but uh, for the students, it's very hard for them to imagine. Uh, a moral, ethical person who is also rude. It's almost like a impossibility for them to put that together because the, the the ideas are so closely intertwined where uh, for us, ethics, good and wrong, it's a little bit... Mm, mm, mm. Interesting. So, yeah, that kind of stuff. It's frustrating, but there you go. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, what do you mean, though, by ethics, that's what I'm curious about. Well, just like you know, a, a good person, a moral person, right? So you can imagine, for example, a uh, it's a, I'll go extreme, a homeless guy who doesn't know how to um, use uh, hashi, doesn't know how to use chopsticks properly. Um, obviously, he's not clean. Maybe burps all the time. Uh, doesn't use proper kago, but is always uh, sharing whatever food or other stuff he finds with his with his companions and things, uh, who'll go out of his way to help somebody else. So this is this is what by our definition, this is a good person. But for I think for some of our students, they'd have a hard time. It's like, well, look, he he doesn't work, uh, and he he doesn't talk with the, the correct deference to to his superiors. Et cetera, et cetera. So he, he's a terrible person. We're saying, well, wait, wait, wait a minute, wait a minute. Look, at and this is, of course, by the student who just coughed and sneezed without covering their mouth. Right? <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, by the way, um, it came up the other day. I was talking with my daughter, and she was asking me, "Hey, how do you say Gesundheit or bless you in Japanese?" Right? And I just, without even thinking, I said, "Cover your mouth." <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice one, huh? Yeah, for those people who aren't in Japan, it's there's a tendency for people here to cough and sneeze without covering their mouths. And students, I love the students who sneeze and cough all over their papers and then give you the paper. Yeah, and it's in the extremes, right? And then at the, simultaneously, yeah. you've got all these people wearing masks. Those people, right, you're right. So either right, to protect right. themselves, but, but largely, many of them are wearing them out of consideration for other people so that they don't spread their cold around. Well, most people don't realize the masks are not there to protect you, right? Surgeons don't wear masks to protect themselves. Mm -hmm. They're wearing the mask to protect you. It's right. it's a it's a <clears throat> exhale filter mechanism. It's not really working so well on the inhale system unless you have something like an N ninety one. I think it is. I don't know those super thick kind of things that people would use with real scary stuff. But yeah, there's a, a confusion. I, that's the question I'd really like to ask is, Mr. Wiz, what's the connection and difference between ethics or morality and manners? Because sometimes I think they get confused. Or following rules, right? Following rules doesn't make you a good person. Right. But I think here, that's another good one. That's another good one. Yes. Right. That's a question. Right. I'd like that. You know, what's what's the connection there? You know, I followed all the rules. Why am I getting a C? Why am I getting a B? I'd like to really engage my students on 
well, you know, there are rules in the class that you didn't follow and you imposed your ideas of rules onto the class. You know, and there's, you know, again, that's part of being young. I think that's part of the culture here. Um, I think one of the best <laughs> things that ever happened was a discussion once where one of the students came back from, I think, Australia or somewhere overseas. It was a year-long class, and so they'd taken their summer break. And I asked the student, I said, so what was the most interesting thing about being overseas? And they said, well, there were so many gaijin. <laughs> <laughs> and I looked, you know, and I just looked at the student. I said, you do understand that when you were overseas, you were the gaijin. And, you know, this, every, the students in the class, their eyes went wide. You know, this notion that being a gaijin, being a foreigner, and that's a whole other thing, too, I'd like to ask my students. What is this thing about calling foreigners foreigners? You know, it's like a really weird thing. But the idea that this is contextual, right? It's like when you're over there, you're the odd person. You're the outsider. You know, you do not take your insider status everywhere you go. Mm -hmm. So that would be a fun question to have them ask. But, you know, yeah, what, why... Uh, you know, uh, you know, following rules. Is that important? Is it not important? That and, would be and, and, great. And, and most importantly, why? Right. right. Well, rules, we're coming, rules and law, why? <clears throat> yeah, well, we're coming down to the point is that's what we want, really, our why questions. Right. And I could riff on this one for an hour or a year, I think. But this represents exactly what is wrong, I think, in Japanese education, mm. which is that there is no gearing of most of the education to why. They yeah, they've really never been to... trained to do anything to think in this, in this direction whatsoever. Well, you've been untrained, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, good. You've been, it's been de-learned. What's the word I'm looking for? Unlearned. Um, you've been taught, basically, not to ask why. Mm -hmm. And what we want is exactly in direct contradiction and opposition to the things that they've experienced. So, no, so no, no surprise that <laughs> we're having a hard time of it. Well, you know, and then we go back to where the temper goes through, and that's my railing at the monsoon, you know, mm -hmm. the raindrops in the monsoon. It's strange. I think I told you once that years ago when my daughter was going to Japanese public school, um, I got to go to her, like, elementary school class or kindergarten class for the observation. They opened it up to the parents, and I went interestingly or not so interesting or not so surprising as I was the only man there <laughs> of course every all the other guys are working and everybody's wondering why I have free time you know talk about because you're by the way you're an immoral talk, <laughs> right right exactly it's amazing people are looking at me immoral like, selfish lazy right you know what does he do he took a day off from work to visit his daughter's school and see what's going on what an, That's awful, how, what an awful person is right, no exactly. sense of responsibility anyway go ahead. I have absolutely no sense of responsibility <laughs> You know, that's a phrase I hear all the time. I think I should internalize it. I probably should meditate to that. That should be my mantra or something along those lines. Anyway, and the teacher asks a question, and I, sw I swear to God, you know, every kid in the class has got their hand raised, and, you know, they're waving their hand up and down. They're jumping up and down. They're going, sensei, sensei, me, 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 sensei, please, please, please. I know the answer. I know the answer. And I remember going back to my classes like a week later and, what and happens, telling my huh? students this story, and I said, what did they do to you? <laughs> I've asked the students that same question. What, what they did, did they do, they do to, you? to you? 
right? And I said, did any teacher, I asked this the other day, I asked something, I said, has any teacher ever screamed or yelled at you or made you feel stupid for asking a question or saying you didn't understand? And they kind of looked and I said, talk about this in groups and then just write it down on a piece of paper. And out of like 30 kids, something like one student had been scolded or something by a teacher. So obviously my guess is that's the bad teacher, but most of them didn't have an experience of being scolded or told they were stupid when they said they didn't understand. And I thought, haha, I've proven my point, right? And then I thought, wait a second, something's really wrong here. I don't understand what's going on. So I said, okay, go back in your groups and tell me how many times do you remember telling your teacher that you didn't understand? <laughs> That was disappointing, mm. to say the least, because most of them hadn't. Of course not. Right? And so the question again becomes, what happened? Why did the education system do that? So, again, there's all these questions I want to ask their teachers. I want to go back and ask their teachers questions. I wish they'd ask me, why do you teach the way you do? Why do you put us into groups? Why do we do pair work? Ah, my favorite, you know, why don't you listen to our presentations and why do we grade each other? Mm. Right? I wish they would ask me why uh, questions about my teaching. Because I know when I explain it, a lot of them are just not listening. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because, uh, you know, I want to ask them, why do you, or it's natural, they're trying to figure out where they should focus their attention on because sure. they're so overwhelmed. But it would be nice if it was just pass-fail, don't you think? For the GE classes so that you didn't have to worry about grades and the students who want to do the minimum would do the minimum and the students who want to succeed wouldn't have to be fearful of being graded? I'm I'm not sure that it would make a real big difference. I think um, I know that's off topic, by the but way. But that's okay. We're, that, this is this is the episode of off topic. So <laughs> well, we were just using it kind of as like a, a hanger for whatever would come about. I think because it is a hard question coming up with students. But please run with what you were going to say. I interrupted. I'm sorry. Yeah, that's okay. No, no, no. Um, it's a the, you know again at that you know like more competitive university I'm at, the students are very grade conscious. I mean, they, they got there because they excelled at school and they expect to excel. And when they, you know, now they're, you know, they're getting into bigger and bigger ponds and they're having to deal with more and more competition. So they're very grade conscious. But for most of my students, I think, I think their default mechanism is, is pass fail. Uh, not that many of them worry about the actual grade they're going to getting as long as they pass. I never, very rarely have a kid ask, what if, you know, can I get a, an A or a B or S or an A or a B, um, they always just say, please, please give me credit. You know, Fair enough. Time, time, time. So I think in their heads, I think they're on a pass-fail. So I don't know that it would make a, a real big difference. I, myself, don't mind the grades, whether I, I actually would have to submit them to the to the school or not. Um, but I, I would like to think that the way that my classes are set up and the way that and the evaluative tasks that I've set up tests presentations whatever they might be um are are done in a way that actually do reflect a combination of performance and improvement and so I'm not bothered with the idea of grades because I I would like again <clears throat> Probably, maybe I'm wrong, but I'd like to believe that there's a correlation between the grade that I actually give the student and the quality of work that he or she has done in, in the semester. So, yeah, why would you bother with that? 
<laughs> what a waste of effort! My word, what's well, the point? <laughs> I'm, I'm in, a, in a way, well, and in a way, because I'm grading myself as much as I'm grading them. In well, there's a degree of that, but I don't know if I completely accept that. Like, well, sure, you know, that, I, that idea that if the students fail, it's the teacher's fault. Well, it's not. I can't it, buy it's, that completely. It's, 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 it's a com- it's a combination, I think. Um, I mean, that, yeah, but you got to dial that one in properly, right? You can't make that fifty-fifty, for example. Well, you, well, yeah, it, it's in, in, there's a lot of cases where it's, it's, in, it's obviously there's it's different from student to student. But if you can't take you can't take blame for the the, the failures, you can't take credit for the successes. Well, I usually don't take credit for the successes. Yeah. Well, but sometimes I'd like to see one actually. But, so, <laughs> but sometimes, sometimes, and with both, right, with the successes and the failures, sometimes. You it, you can see what the kid has done, and you can see what it is that you did that helped that student or allowed that student to do what he or she did. Okay, all right. Yeah. But that's it. Yeah, that's a little different than taking credit, um, because um, I, you know this is where I go off on the deep end about the difference between teaching and learning. And I don't believe there's anything called teaching, but I believe there's something about creating opportunities and environments that are conducive to learning. You're not talking about taking credit. It's a very it's, a, it's an important distinction when you say you can see what you did that and this I'm quoting I think you, when you can see hmm. what you did that helped the student do. Blah, well, I'll take blah, credit right? for that. Okay. But that's not taking credit for the student's learning. That's not taking credit for the student's success. You're simply saying I did what I did and that led to a positive result. And they might have not done it without me. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. You did that. But it's not like, ah, that student is a success because of my teaching. Correct. And I hear that a little bit too often. And that's where, you know, but then I want to say, okay, if you take credit for the successes, what about the 20% of students who failed your classes? Sure. Oh, they didn't make an effort. Oh, no, 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 no. And I hear that a lot. No, I take ownership of both. I mean, yeah, it's like that's what I said. Like the kids, yeah, some kids, and we've talked about this, some kids, they just want to fail, right? And they, that is a, that is a, that is a, they want to fail. They are there uh, to fail, and that's don't break. That breaks my heart, right? Because you know, that, that's my story about um, this one student. I mm. think I told you about this kid. It was in my Zemi, and was having trouble. You know, it was just difficulties and home difficulties, and he was felt out of place. I think you know more of a working class family background than most of the students in my school. And, you know, you're, it's, it's, I think that I told you, right, that he, he didn't show up for his thesis defense and we had to fail him. And it's what you said about him, that he just somehow felt that he needed to fail. Yeah. God, that broke my heart. But yeah, you're I, right about I, it. I, I, I had one girl at the university. She was in my class, I think, for five years. First year class that she repeated. She had to be come back for a fifth year. And uh, this was a co-taught class. And, of course, the the fifth year, end of the second semester, she misses the final exam. Yeah. And I'm co I'm co teaching the class with another guy, and and luckily he he was reasonable because we had to like put our grades together. And he says, you know what? Over the five years, <laughs> she's done a me, lot of work. Mina, Mina, Mina's <laughs> attended more classes and taken more tests than any other student that we're given grades to. Let's just give her a pass. It's okay, fine, done. All right. It's like, don't you? It's like, yeah. oh, so frustrating her incredible effort to fail 
We passed uh, her. She probably went nuts. <laughs> she hates us now to this day. She probably hates you guys. Maybe she didn't want to leave school. Maybe she That's wanted an excuse to subconsciously. Stay at school. What? Yeah. It's got to be something like that, right? Either yeah. she hates her parents, or she did not want to leave school. One or the other. Yeah. Yeah. By the way, I'm going to do something really weird. Um, I want to go back to um, the student I was talking about. <laughs> yeah. yeah I'm just laughing about doing something. Weird. Anyway, go ahead. Yeah. Well, okay. Sorry. And um, just in case um, you happen to be listening, the students listening, I just want you. To, I really mean this, you know, because I I haven't been able to contact him, the student. Mm. And after he left, I emailed and I had to do some things the school wanted, and I got nothing back from the student. And I feel really, really bad. But just in case you're listening, you know, he's listening. I just wanted to, you know, just say, hey, you know, I miss you. I think I failed you. Didn't do enough. That's a terrible feeling. Uh. Really, really feel that still. Still. And amazingly, you know, everybody else had real trouble with the student. They thought he was really rude. And I thought he was unbelievably respectful and was actually one of my favorite students of all no, time. Oh, it's too bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, it was it was just trying to really find truth, right? And talk about questions we asked. This student here's a here's the tragedy. In many ways, this one student represented what I dreamed of in every student. You know, a, a, a young guy who young a kid who just w didn't wanted to know why is it important? What does it all mean? Why should I do this? Where is it going? What's the value? And wasn't looking just at school, but was looking at in terms of you know society, culture, and the world. And it's funny how that student wasn't able to succeed in the system, even though that student was asking the right questions, I thought. So, yeah, kind of is a bummer. Still affects me. Well, I guess it's going on three years now. Hmm. Anyway, that's, sorry, I don't mean to be modeling or anything. Well, but, but, the, but you know, it's a, you know, yes, he might not have gotten university credit for this experience, but um, one can maybe surmise that, he got something from the experience. I mean, he's, he's obviously he's somebody who's like, you know, he's he's on his own path. He's uh, he's going his own way, and um, hopefully yeah, see, a selfish person. Hopefully, to uh, yeah, yeah, selfish, right? extremely selfish. Um, but hopefully for him, the the fact that he didn't get credit for the class is not a major disappointment no, in his life. No, no, hopefully, well, he's he got a different. No, set. Didn't get his diploma. Yeah, well, let's say, well, but I'm hoping, again, I'm hoping, again. I'm just assuming, right? Maybe it's not a bad thing. And you know, for a lot him, of people succeed. Maybe it's just a piece of paper. Uh, Bill Gates never got a degree. Yeah, is, oh, by the way, speaking of which, you know, of all those guys, like, you know, the famous guys who are super rich, right? It's interesting that Bezos <laughs> from Amazon is one of the few who graduated. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I'd, I'd like a student to say, is it, is it valuable for me to graduate from college? Is this diploma important? Why is this important? Well, what's, you know, why am I here? That would be great if they'd actually question the real reasons they're there rather than just saying, you know, I'm, I'm here to get this paper and put in my time and do my club thing and get my network and my old, my old boy network or my old girl network together. I think any question that indicates searching Life searching is always pleasurable. It's always enjoyable. So, yeah, maybe a good place to stop. Huh? Yeah, yeah, and that's one. Of the, that's one of the nice things about like being able to teach students for more than one year. The ones who get basic second yes, year, yes, and to watch them grow and watch them develop. I'm I'm having a hell of a time with with some uh, some of the kids who I've. They're not in my class for third year third year classes, but we're in contact, and I had them talk to some of my first year students. Come back and you know. Because they have had some experience overseas since then and things, and it's like, that's a it's a wonderful thing. 
especially for someone without kids, right? I don't have any kids, so watching that kind of growth and development and seeing, you know, trying to see what you know minor role I might have had in some of it, it's it's a uh, it's a cool thing. It's, it's very nice to experience. Yeah, it really is, and I'm I'm lucky that I get to watch because we have a small department and. Some students I actually get on the first year, get in the first year with the um, general ed English classes, and I get to watch them grow by the fourth year. And then I get to, you know, I just had the opportunity um, to run into one of my former students who's been a teacher for four or five years now, six cool. years. Nice. Yeah, yeah, where I get to say, you know, I'm talking to the person now as a peer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's really yep. thrilling. Yep. That's really exciting. And then the person would say things that I go, oh, I never thought of that. Mm. It was great to watch that whole distance kind of just disappear and say, uh, I knew you as a student who was not so confident or, you know, was just asking questions. And now here you are, we're engaged in this really interesting discussion about education. And now you're giving me these ideas that I would never have come up with by myself that I'm going to take into the classroom. And, you know, does anything, that's a nice feeling. So who'd have thunk when we started this, we'd end up on a positive note. (laughs) Not me. (laughs) Well, here we are. <laughs> Boy, that's poking the bear again, aren't you? I'm not that negative about things. No, but, but we were, when we were talking about this particular episode before we started, it was like, oh, man, this is oh, – who would have thought we'd end up here? Anyway, good well, enough. It, it's a hard – we both had – we thought – I thought it was a really good topic. And then once I started trying to come up with the questions – it, it became was, really, it was, really difficult. It was really difficult. So hence yeah. hence the diversions. But the diversions are are, are Diversions are diversions. They're they're worth what they are. They're oh well, let's face it. We're we're I, I, I we're interesting enough to listen to <laughs> on diversions. One hopes, one hopes. At least yeah, this is one where we get a bunch of a bunch of emails that go, Would you guys stop going off topic, please? <laughs> I think my students maybe that's why I should say, Mr. Wiz, why do you always go off topic? <laughs> Okay, I'm Charles Wiz. Tony Silva. And we're two teachers talking everywhere. Mm -hmm. Gmail.com. Where else are we? Uh, Skype. Skype. Uh, uh, iTunes. Yes. Uh, Here and there and everywhere. Yeah, two teachers talking will get us. No spaces. Yeah. Okay, so you be well, Tony. Yeah, good luck. Good luck, see you. Bye. All right.